Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Happy birthday to Kurt Angle. You suck. That's, you suck. He likes that now, doesn't he? He likes it when they say that. You suck. It, yeah. You suck. Uh-huh. You suck. Well done. WWE has done a better job of treating their legends as of late, and I'm very happy to hear that. Thank you very much for tuning in to the SmackDown podcast here on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. We had our Christmas show last night, and I'm, or yesterday. I'm tired. I'm a real sleepy boy. He's wearing a beanie. No, 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 no. Let's not talk about Kurt Angle. Let's talk about the fact that this fashion plate right here is wearing a nice King of Hearts beanie with a lovely mask, and attached to it is a nice hoodie. This man's a Fashion plate. Look how beautiful. And also wearing black and also some red insignia. Matchy, matchy. Yes. Look at that. And we also, we've got got a name now. We're trying it out. See, they're calling us the diversity hire at at, at Russell Talk. They said, oh, you got a black guy and you got a mask guy. So we're from the... So together we're like, Black Mask. We're Black Mask. That's our new team name. We're Black Mask. I'm sure we'll so merge with that on it. I do have a great idea. It's basically me with a Tempest mask on, but like, you know, a nice little, you know, drawn on, nice image. It's kind of like that image you had on on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that. We'll, we'll, work, we'll workshop it. But yes, thank you for tuning into the WrestleTalk podcast. I am your host, Tempest, alongside my lovely co-host, Satin Yangi. We're going to be going through all of this episode of SmackDown, but first, we are going to get into really the only kind of thing that happened on this show. Not a lot happened on SmackDown, but Kurt Angle made his return to the program as they were in Pittsburgh, his hometown, and it was his birthday. I think it was his birthday. I didn't actually check if it was the actual day, but they would never lie to me. So, throughout the show, we had a series of backstage segments with Kurt Angle in a uh, backstage area having a little party. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem like the most fun party, but it's no. fine. Uh, they had Braun Strowman come up to him. He had Gable Stevenson by his side the whole time. Yeah. They got that Olympic connection going on. Braun Strowman just was like, hi, Kurt. Happy birthday. Oh, you're Gable Stevenson. You're you're in the Performance Center, aren't you? It's like, yeah. yeah, he was at WrestleMania. Everybody knows this. You don't watch the show. It's but, fine. No, no. Gable's like, yeah. 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 Gotta work on them promos. He's but, not. I'm not sports entertained by. Listen, Gable Stevenson's a beast in in the amateur wrestling world. He's also an Olympian. But when it comes to sports entertainment, I am not sports entertained at all. He's he still got time. He can pick it up. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Not much to that. Later, you had a very sweet moment backstage where after Kurt Angle shook hands with old rival Shinsuke Nakamura. That was neat. I mm-hmm. like that. That tickled the. That titillated the juices of my New Japan guilty pleasures and such. New Japan fans, watch that. That was a, that was mid two thousands. That's what he's talking about. Just in case you're like, oh, Shinsuke and Kurt Angle. Yeah, Inoki Genome. They both uh-huh. had a title match. Yeah, yeah. unification. Yeah, yeah. Mm. good times. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then after after they shook hands, there was a a card that came into view. The number one dad, because Kurt Angle is still father of Jason Jordan in kayfabe. 
And it's the first time we've seen Jason Jordan do anything on camera in a long time. So that was mm. nice. It was a sweet little moment. They had a nice hug. Later, you had Alpha Academy come in, try to get into the party. They weren't on the guest list. The Street Profits came in. They were on the guest list. They were allowed in. That then led to the main event segment where Kurt Angle came down to the ring with a cake that was way too big for one person. I don't know who he was planning to share that cake with. Gable. Gable, yeah, hungry man. Maybe they were going to split that up amongst the entire crowd because it was a big cake. But Alpha Academy come down, and Chad Gable cuts a pretty good promo, I thought. Says that, you know, I'm going to agree with these fans. You suck. And gets in the ring, and he's like, Kurt... Uh, you you have no in- intensity. You've la- or you have no integrity. You you've lost your intensity. Whatever the, the three eyes. Yeah, intelligence, integrity, and intensity. Yeah, and he said that if you have any in- intelligence left, I'm really tired. If you have any intelligence left, you'll get out of this ring right now, so Otis can eat your cake. And Kurt Angle just kind of like tucks his tail between his legs and walks out and. It so seems it like, seems. So it seems. It seems like that's going to be the end of the segment, and he makes it all the way up to the stage, and then he says, if you're going to eat that whole cake, you're going to need a lot of milk. milk. And Gable Stevenson drives in a big milk truck, and they recreate the Milkamania, Running Wild, the Dairy Queen, and all that, sprays the entire ring down with the big hose and, and covers milk all over the, uh, the commentators, and I've always wondered, what do the fans in the front row behind the commentators think when they see that truck coming? Because all of a sudden, do you just duck for cover? I, I'm not trying to get doused with milk. Some people, they get caught up in the moment. So they don't think. They're like, this is so cool. And to, ah, smell like milk. I I would rather be drenched with beer, frankly. I would rather go home smelling like you beer. You know what? I'm with you. I don't with drink milk. alcohol. But I'd rather be drenched in alcohol and it smell like sour milk. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't seem fun to me. But it does bring us to the larger discussion. Because that was basically the end of the show. It and also, just, also, Michael Cole's legendary commentary. Legendary. It was legendary. Did this is utterly amazing. It was legendary. Move out the way. Sure. It was legendary. I just, I, I just, Dairy. I don't have time for Michael Cole. Dairy. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Milk puns. Ha ha. That was basically the main event segment of SmackDown, though. Just this cute little Kurt Angle thing. It was inconsequential, but it was cute. It was nice. I enjoyed it. It was fine. But for me, I saw it. It was more or less uh, Triple H's way of doing a soft uh, main roster uh, push up for Gable Stevenson. He's trying to get fans familiar with him by mm-hmm. aligning him with Kurt Angle. They're trying to be like, hey, there's that Olympic co- uh, connection. You like Kurt, so you might like this guy. But I hope Gable Stevenson, when he comes to the main roster, he's not a babyface because at the moment he's not conveying enough charisma mm-hmm. to be a babyface. Because what's the worst thing to to be is to be a bland babyface. So I hope that he can be conceited heel. I think that's the only way he can work on the main roster at the moment. Because at the moment, well, we've seen him. We've seen him twice. First was WrestleMania. And if if anyone asks me, what's Gable Stevenson like? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> he did that suplex on, on Chad Gable and he was like... And then when, when he came in, you know, Braun Strowman had more charisma in that scene. This is Braun Strowman we're talking about. So if Braun Strowman's got more charisma than you, you need to, be, you need to work on more. Like, I... They have high hopes for him. Mm-hmm. They see him as the future. If they got him ready by next year, heat him up, he could potentially beat Roman Reigns. Crazy things have happened because of how, how high they think of him. Stephanie McMahon's a fan of him. Yeah. Stephanie McMahon was next to him in the guard role doing NXT. They see big things in him. His brother, Damon Kemp, they probably see him more as the Rick Stein of the group. That's why he's in NXT and got a different name. But they give him the Cable Stevenson, <laughs> the legacy, the name and everything. It's wild. Like, you're, he got drafted to Raw. Yeah, but that never went anywhere. But like they clearly have wanted to get that name in people's mind. But it does because I'm glad you brought that up because I think this is uh, part of the broader topic of how WWE has treated their legends as of late. Mm. Because I had a very big problem with how WWE treated their legends for a very long time. Yeah, where you either had like you had two ends of the spectrum here. You either had. Goldberg, who just come in and is pushed way too hard, with the exception of like the time he wrestled Dolph Ziggler at SummerSlam, which I think was the only time they've really done Goldberg well since the Brock feud ended. Yeah. But you've got that on one side where you push these people to the moon and you push them over your top stars, or you go to the other end where you literally would just have like Randy Orton in 2020 murdering Ric Flair and 
you get the the Hulk Hogan birthday situation, and I'm not trying to cape for Hulk Hogan at all, never. But like, you get all the legends out there, and it's like, oh, you're all old losers, get out of here, and mm. just humiliate them the entire time. Yeah, and you never give them a certain level of respect and reverence for having been there, done that, and everything, and then use that to help put over the new star. They never did that previously, and if they did, it was very few and far between. But it seems like, again, one of those little plus ones that I would always talk about when it comes to SmackDown, mm. Triple H seems to have his head on straight when it comes to utilizing the legends, where you can bring in someone like Kurt Angle for a show, mm. and yes, he can take a comedy duo like Alpha Academy and use them as the comic foil for the segment, but the whole thing is also so you can get Gable Stevenson on TV in people's minds and kind of have... Kurt Angle, co-sign him. Yeah. I really like that. I really like that because it feels like something, even if this was a fairly inconsequential segment, an episode of SmackDown in general, mm. it feels like a little bit more was accomplished as opposed to either the, the, the legend coming in and humiliating the current stars yeah. or the current stars humiliating, humiliating the legend. Yeah. It felt like he was treated with respect. He was treated like a big deal and wasn't made to look foolish, and it helped get somebody else over. Whether it long-term will affect how Gable Stevenson is, is welcomed in by the WWE fans or not, we can't really tell that yet, because I agree, I think he's a little bland and everything, but he's well, learning. But that's how I look at the whole legend situation right now, and I, I think it's an I, I do think there should be a payoff, because I do feel like it's not, I don't feel like it's coincidental that the, the, the two times we've seen Gable Stevenson has been alongside Chad Gable. Mm -hmm. So the way I see it, it will, it might be a tag team match, Alpha Academy, so to protect Gable's first match, because you, you know, yeah. you, you don't want it to be overexposed or if they don't have faith in him, not using, not having faith is a lack of a better term, but like to protect him more in yeah. the ring, they should put him with a more over guy, team him up and face Alpha Academy. Maybe there's someone like Riddle. They mm -hmm. can honestly do a WrestleMania match where it's Riddle and Gable Stevenson versus Alpha Academy because Riddle was feud with Alpha Academy 10,000 times. Or a six-person, a six-man tag match with Street Profits and Gable Stevenson versus Alpha Academy and Theory, if Theory sure. can't get seen on, you know? Yeah. So I feel like they should have payoff. I feel like Chad Gable should get in the ring with Gable Stevenson. He's been twice he's been humiliated by this guy. I mean, if you're looking for somebody who is going to be able to, I don't want to just say carry Gable Stevenson, but mm. make sure that he's protected, I think Chad Gable is among the better choices in WWE. And also, I can, I can see um, Jack Gable, Chad Gable, because he's more over with guys like us, him getting the, the underground support. Because, like, right. you're the better Gable. Not that I have a Gable. Because I feel like wrestling fans don't like it when you telegraph who the chosen one is. Right. And it's obvious that Gable Stevenson is one of the guys that's being groomed for the future. And we don't like that. We don't, we don't like, don't tell us to cheer for this young guy. We want to cheer for... Chad Gable, because he deserves it. He's been on the main mm -hmm. roster for years. And if J Gable Stevenson does get pushed too soon, too quickly, and he doesn't look like he's earned it, I can see backlash happening early as well. With him. Mm -hmm. it's, it'll be interesting, though. Yeah. And this is something that I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, not only seeing how Gable Stevenson does, mm. but I am very interested to see how the more, more and more legends are going to be used in WWE, because we've got Raw 30 coming up in just a few weeks at this point, like a month. And that, I would imagine, will include a lot more legends and everything. And you could you just do, like, the Nostalgia Tour DX thing for the 900th time. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want the Royal Awards. I like I like the 10-year anniversary when they did it. Yeah, they don't have WWE New York, but it, it felt different. It yeah. was, like, in a different environment. That's also when The Rock got first got, like, like booed after SummerSlam and you yeah. realize he should be a heel. They should do something like that where it's in a different venue, a different vibe. Not like 30 years, it's DX again. Again. After we saw them last time. Yeah. And then, yay, Austin's back. You know, we, Austin's always, we always appreciate Austin comes back. But you're right, it needs to feel different. It can't feel like the same retreat as the other Raw show they did. It needs to feel mm -hmm. special. You're right, it's 30 years, for goodness sake. And I really do think that with Triple H having a pretty, pretty decent head on his shoulders, mm. it seems that the integration of the legends on that show will probably be very productive for the overall product. I think you can do a lot of very creative things with the people that you bring back in order to get other people over that are on the show every week. Mm. And that can be up, down the card, with the men, with the women, whatever you want to do. I'm just very excited to see this development within WWE because it was one of those, like, problems that they would come that would come packaged with WWE for a long time that you don't see every week 
because they don't have the legends on every week. Like but they used to. At like yeah. one point, they used to use them as a crutch. Yeah. But like every few months or so, you would bring in a legend and humiliate them. And I'd just be like, oh, this, this show is just sad. It just mm. bums me out watching it. And I didn't feel that way at all in the SmackDown watching it because I was like, yeah, there's Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's having a good time. He gets to have his flowers. There needs to be more legends being allowed to get their flowers in WWE, and I think that's changing. I also like the fact that it, it broke the monotony we had the last few weeks. Of course, we had like the SmackDown World Cup tournament, so every week you had matches, matches, matches. You had a Bray Wyatt promo. You had a Bloodline segment. So this felt different. But what I was shocked about was the lack of the... the, the we had backstage segments, but they didn't last that long. Because mm -hmm. I feel like back in the old Vince days, you get a proper backstage segment. A woman may came, come in, another woman might get into a cat fight in the backstage segment Kurt Angle's old rivals may you know greet him and then they shake hands or whatever but it felt like it was just quick shots like Kurt's in the backstage Shinsuke Nakamura's there as well mm -hmm. shaking hands Street Profits are there and it, I guess it was more or less designed to build up this, the uh, Alpha Academy you know confronting Kurt Angle later yeah. but I did feel like it was quite short in terms of the, but I was mildly sports entertained because that's the one thing that's been missing from Triple H's era is the sports entertainment mm -hmm. element of the show and then this gave us something but I, I would like to to see a little bit more especially with the rule 30th anniversary coming up you know yeah. more so we will see let us know in the comments below what you think wwe could do at raw 30 how you think they are handling the integration of legends since triple h has taken over and if it bothered you at all or if i'm just going off on a tangent that only i care about you let us know in the comments below. i care about a tangent Thanks, man. Yes. Thanks, man dan cares about it yes. we've got mayor of painesville dan he's sitting behind the camera Oh, he's saying hi. Louder, Dan. They can't hear you. Hi. Yeah. There he is. <laughs> yeah, he cares. And you probably care, too. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Them. 
in the meantime, we are going to go through the rest of this episode of SmackDown because we had some highlights. There were some good things on this show, some things that I want to get into because we started with the tag team title match. It was supposed to be Sheamus and Drew McIntyre against Mm -hmm. the Usos, but Drew McIntyre is dealing with a burst eardrum. He and Roman having the same injury coming out of war games, which is highly unfortunate. Yeah. Now couple of schools of thought on this because Drew McIntyre was replaced in this match with Butch. I don't think that tag title shots work like that. No. Because this is not an instance of like, oh, Bobby Fish is hurt. Let's get Adam Cole in Freebird rule style Mm. to defend the titles and things like that. Drew McIntyre and Sheamus beat the Usos. Yeah. They earned the tag title shot, the two of them. True. At that team. Mm-hmm. I feel like subbing one of them out for just another guy is just kind of clunky. Like, I don't care that much because, like, still a good match. I like Pete Dunne. Good wrestler. They're part of a group. So it's, like, it's kind of fine. But... I mean, we had this on Raw, too. Like, Elias gets gets kicked out of that match and replaced with Kevin Owens, which I don't... I'm not complaining about either. No. But... That that one I understand. But th- yeah. this one, I didn't mind it for, for two reasons. Number one, Sheamus is part of a group. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, uh, this guy can't make it. Do you have anyone else? Cool. One of my teammates. And also... It wasn't that long ago that Butch was in a tag title match with the Usos. This yeah. is, it's technically kind of like a half rematch of a match. I think I would have less of a problem with it if Drew McIntyre was part of the group. I feel like the Sheamus and Drew thing is very is still very separate from the Brawling Brutes. Which is true. Yeah. You know, again, it, it, it didn't bother me enough to mention it in the edited review at all. So it's just like, it's just kind of a nitpicky thing. It, but I, I feel I, like I get it's you. clunky. I get I, I get you, but it's, it's either that or we had no match at all. I think it's yeah. a case of like, because the Usos could complain about it. It's like, hey, we're preparing for Drew McIntyre. What do you mean? The match should be cancelled. But if they want to continue the historic reign, yeah. you should wrestle more people. So it should be a case of like, I understand it there was no storyline reasons explained, but the way I saw it in my mind was like, yeah, you know, he called upon one of his mates and also he challenged for the title before. If you never challenged for the title, if it was like Madcap Moss, <laughs> I might use it. Madcap is my example for any random thing. It, let's just say Shaman goes, uh, it's none of my brutes, brooties. Uh, it's Madcap Moss. Then I'll be like, I'm with you. Why is Madcap Moss involved? What has he done lately besides flirt with Emma? Uh, he was at Kurt Angle's birthday party. There you Can't go. I believe he was on the guest list. But anyway, right? This still, and I agree, because very clearly they are using these tag title matches or just these matches involving the Bloodline the last few weeks to get over the idea that the Bloodline are on all are are all on the same page. Mm-hmm. Because last week we had Jey Uso helping Sammy to beat Sheamus. This week we had Sa- uh, Sammy helping the Usos to beat Sheamus and Butch. Well, when we get, actually get to the bloodline portion, not, not everyone's on the same page. Mm-hmm. We notice someone is mm-hmm. folding their arms in the corner. We're, once we get to that, we'll get there. we're going to get there. We're going to unfold things. Yes. It's good stuff. But this was a very fun match. Good work between them. Not a shocker at all. These are good professional wrestlers doing a good professionally wrestled match oh boy i'm tired yeah it was good stuff though and we had eventually butch ended up getting pinned and sammy kept sheamus from being able to break up the pin mm. so good finish again helps get over the storyline through the matches which is my personal favorite way to do this of course you will have the big you know, promo segments like the I don't give a damn what the Tribal Chief said segment, mm. which is just on another level. But in terms of week to week to week progressive storytelling, I really like when they use the matches to tell the story. It just uh, tickles my fancy. Really also, like Solo is still that guy. He's a yep. tank. He took out, you know, Rich All and he did the spinning Solo, whatever that means. He's spinning yep. Solo and he's just free him out. Yeah, I like how like week, week to week. Solo Sokoa is seeming like a bad mama jammer. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, if I would predict, Solo gets the diesel spot at the Rumble. He just eliminates 10, 12, 15 people. That's fun. That's a way to get Solo over. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I've been seeing a lot of things that, like, maybe that could be what Kevin Owens does from now until the Rumble, like, has to go through Solo in order to do something like that. Mm. Just make... so. I mean, Solo feels like a threat, as is, because, like, you know... It could have been very easy to introduce him and have him be 
fairly similar to the Usos. Anime, yeah, you know, in terms of and, yeah. yeah, like he could have been animated. His wrestling style could have been similar, and he still does some things that are the same, of course, like because they all emulate the same people from their family. Mm. But he feels like a completely different performer, he just feel, in presentation and like, everything. It feels like a Dragon Ball Z fusion of the Usos into like a bigger <laughs> Uso. That's what I, when I see him, he's like because he's got the, he's got the blonde hair as well, so it's like a Dragon Ball Z thing. He goes. Duh, 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 duh. I did it the wrong way. I'm sorry. Nailed it. And then you get the blonde hair, and then you got the super Uzi solo Sikoa. Oh, I disappointed my friends so much there, I would imagine. I did it too early, so I, all because all I remember is this. So I just went, I remember this. This ain't the bar. <laughs> this ain't Sting. This is Dragon Ball Z. I mean uh, But yes, this was a very good opening match. I like that they opened with the match. That is very fun stuff. We then had the Braun Strowman interacting with Kurt Angle segment we already talked about. And then we had L.A. Knight coming out for a promo to talk about Bray Wyatt and all this spookiness. He runs back the uh, backstage footage of him being taken out. And it's like, oh, that could have been anybody, right? But let's look at this. Let's put this in context. And then shows the clip of him leaving from a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Open the door and there's the spooky mask. And then last week where he was crushed by a door. And then in the background, there's a spooky mask. He's like, oh, that's coincidental, I'm sure. There's Bray Wyatt. We're going to get to the bottom of this. And then he gets interrupted by Uncle Howdy. And he says, like, the door's closing. And that's all I got out of this. It's fine. You know what I was thinking the whole time? What's that? I was thinking that L.A. Knight could advise Jay Uso on how to use footage in terms of his argument. Because oh, yeah. when we were talking about, uh, like, do wrestlers watch back clips? Yeah. L.A. Knight clearly <laughs> watches wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Remember we, talk about, we were talking yeah. about this for a while. It was like, wrestlers are not watching back clips. L.A. Knight clearly watches the show because he had two evidence. Yep. So imagine if Jay Uso watched the show as well. He'd be like, hey, Trouble Chief, you see this? Hey, Trouble Chief, you see that? Kind of done the same thing. I'm just, it's, it's hit me in my head. I was like, the, LA Knight's been smart. The camera doesn't exist except when it does. And yeah, so he gets interrupted by Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy says the door's closing. And LA Knight's like, all right, I'm going to just go find him then. I'm going to beat you up, Bray. And he goes to the back. And that's the end of the segment for then. And we'll get back to what LA Knight's doing. <laughs> we had a uh, parking lot segment, which is the most dangerous place in Triple H's WWE, of course, where Legato del Fantasma is about to be asked about the Viking Raiders and it's just it's a non non interview nah, basically no. because you hear a scream in the background and you see Shotzi is holding her hand like the berserker just <laughs> hef, 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 <laughs> losing her mind and Ronda Rousey and Shayna are like walking away like oh somebody better get her help so they've broken Shotzi's hand at this point yeah take her off TV for a little while it seems they're injuring the women's roster on SmackDown a thin roster where it feels like a thin roster so they're not doing a great job like yeah take out Natalia you know Lacey's going under you know 3.0 transformation and now uh, you know Shotzi's hand is hurt they, they need more women I mean where's Zaya Lee she gonna get injured next probably I wouldn't surprise me honestly protect Zaya at all cost yeah well she's the protector <laughs> that is to be protected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's just, it was fine. We then cut backstage to uh, Rhonda and Shayna because that was earlier in the day. They're then being interviewed and they're being mean girls. Mm -hmm. uh, Rhonda said something like, uh, call the China shop because the bulls are loose or something mm -hmm. like that. Boy in the China shop joke. Yep. Yep. Uh, Liv Morgan and uh, Tegan Knox then walked up, said, yeah, you guys are a great team. You've broken Natty's nose. You broke. Raquel's elbow, you broke uh, Shotzi's hand, and yeah, whole deal. They're, they're taking that anatomy, so I'm just realizing. So their thing is, oh, I'm gonna break your nose, break your elbow. So what's gonna happen? next? No. Next? No, 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 no breaking next. That's no. not allowed. No. Pinkies? Yeah, break a pinky. Why not? Let's break yeah, a pinky. work, work your way down the arm. Uh, <laughs> and Liv Morgan also says, "You guys have beaten everybody, but you haven't beaten us." And I seem to recall. Ronda Rousey spent a solid portion of the year beating Liv Morgan. Mm -hmm. Extreme rules, and I would still give her SummerSlam, but regardless, it's fine. If you're looking at it from a tag team perspective, yes, Tegan Knox has not been beaten by anybody, so fair enough. They then went to the ring where Viking Raiders were going to wrestle Legato del Fantasma, except 
No, they weren't. Nope. This match only went about a minute, and they didn't do much of anything, and then the hit row music started. B-Fab came out, sat on the stage on a steel chair, and then Ashanti the Adonis and Top Dollar went and broke up the match, attacked both teams, used chairs, Top Dollar hit his finish, and he hit Rose back. This is a three-way feud now, it seems. I don't know what they're going to do exactly. I don't know if they're going to have, like, the the the, the two. The, you're going to have a three-way feud Three-way triple threat trios match, mm. intergender maybe, because mm. they've all got a woman on their side yeah. that you could have in the same match. Yeah. You could have the dudes wrestle and have the women wrestle in the same match. I feel like that's not something that they've really done maybe ever, but... Are you kind of excited about it? It's something different, right? It's I mean, something different. Like I like that Hit Row is back in the mix because it kind of felt like they'd taken a lot of the steam off of Hit Row after did, a yeah. while. They were really fun with those Street Profit segments where they were just making fun of the Maximum Male Models. And then we kind of got through maximum that. Maximum Male Models, I miss them. Yeah. They, they need a victory. That's it. It, they, they, they're heading Mean Street Posse level of like never win matches. Like I, I they need to do something with them. I've I've seen a few of their Instagram posts. They're quite hilarious. They're hilarious people. It's almost like Fashion Files level of like underrated people. You need they need to do more with them. But yeah, like as you're saying, this freeway feud mm-hmm. and also Top Dollar's in great shape. By the way, I don't know if you know, yeah. it's Top Dollar's been trimming down. He's in he's in great shape. Yeah, I like Top Dollar. I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, yeah, I thought it was just like it wasn't much of a segment, but Hit Rose back, and I can. I can get into some of this tag stuff. Me too. It's something for them all to do because it's clear that they don't want the Viking Raiders to face the Usos because then they'd have to lose. But yeah, it feels like one of those deals where it's like, well, they're very clearly positioned as the top tag team. Like they never lose, Mm. but they don't want them to go for the tag titles because then they'd book themselves into a corner. So you got to find something else for them to do, which is just kind of the game sometimes. Because it is December. I think... I think they should save it uh, for the Royal Rumble. Because uh, yeah. they do need a tag team to face. Because while we're waiting for the whole Sammy and Kevin Owens, um, you know, uh, formation to happen, they need a, a, a credible threat of a tag mm-hmm. team. Yeah, it would technically be heel versus heel. But we all, we all know that the Usos will be like the face heels yeah. in, in a match. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're the ones over. that the people will be behind because mm. everyone's really into the bloodline right mm-hmm. now. Unless they turn on Sammy before then. But we'll get to that. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we then had LA Knight backstage. And he goes and he finds a Bray Wyatt t-shirt in the locker room. And then the lights go out. And he turns on his phone. Small. I'm sorry. He's like one of the smartest guys. Because like, he'd be like, it's dark. What's going on here? But he's like, nope. I've got, I got, I got a phone. So pulls his torch out. And he looks around, and then there's Bray Wyatt in the mask. Ooh, Maybe. Is it Bray? Is it Bray? We don't, we don't know. Bray Wyatt? Question mark? I thought this segment was kind of lame. Just going into the back and be like, a t-shirt? A clue? He must be here. And then they cut to commercial. And that was done. And we never saw it again. No. Wow. You cannot hold that cliffhanger over us. Why not? Is it like, okay, sometimes we we get mad when we're spoon fed a lot of things. What for me? I I'm still into this storyline. The thing for me that makes the storyline is the fact that this is different from when he was the fiend. The whole situation with mm-hmm. the fiend was like he scares everyone. While like his LA night is so egotistical, so over his head, he doesn't know the danger that he, he's he's facing. Mm-hmm. He, for any normal rational person would be like, hey, I need 10,000 security guards. He's not. He's valiantly for a heel going to confront the situation. And I'm actually applauding it because it is a different dynamic. Because I'm so used to the whole Seth, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, that, I that, do. that was a top baby face. Ah, ah. But this guy, I like the fact that he's over his head. He doesn't always get himself into. And also the question is, is it really Bray? Because mm-hmm. we're all saying, yeah, it is. But I don't know. I feel like they put in clues. It could be a separate entity. That's what we've been talking about. I don't disagree with any of that. Mm. I don't have a problem with LA Knight going back by himself and trying to confront Bray and everything. The I am all, right? I'm all on board with that. My issue, and you could totally do this segment and have that be, if this was like the last thing you see on the show, mm. like if that's the cut to black, that's it. You have to wait till next week to find out what happened. It's that it cuts to commercial, and then there's no mention of it for the rest of the show. Like, the no fact that it happens in the middle, and you don't find out if L.A. Knight was laid out again. You don't know if they both just left the building. You don't know. You, there's no resolution to this on this episode. You wanted, it felt like an act one, act two, and then we never got to see act three. Okay, you wanted a segment like with Adam Pierce and uh, Adam Pierce and something. You gotta do something. Like, at least the have door. them mention it. Like... 
What? Where's L.A. Knight? Someone mm. find L.A. Knight. Mm. He might be hurt, might be in danger. We got to find him. You don't have to find him, but yeah. there needs to be some sort of third act to that play on this show. I'll give you that. They, yeah, they they should have done something like where Adam Pierce went into the locker room with some officials and especially the security guard that later on appears yeah. <laughs> during, during Rey Mysterio's segment when we get to that. Yeah, there should have been something where someone comes in and is like, where is he? Or his glasses on the ground or something yeah. to let you know that he's been abducted or something. Abducted, yeah. laid out. Mm. I like it doesn't matter what direction you take that, but mm. I just felt like we were missing something on this show. Do you think potentially that's what it may lead to next? The next week is that LA Knights disappeared and then they start questioning Bray. Bray, have you had anything to do with it? No, I, I didn't do it. Possibly. But January, because we, I do you assume it's going to be a Royal Rumble match between LA Knight and Bray Wyatt? Could be. I, I wouldn't be that surprised by it at this point. I don't know that we're going to get that on an episode of SmackDown before then. You know, I don't but, want it because the way they've been building it, I don't want it to be LA Knight versus Bray Wyatt in a throwaway SmackDown match. Right. No offense to SmackDown, but I feel I feel like they're building it. Feels it feels like if you're gonna build it up, build it San up. San Antonio, Texas. You're, yeah. you're building it for San Antonio, Texas. You know, LA Knight's first big opportunity on the main roster because this is his first main roster. Bray Wyatt's yeah. first match since coming. Yeah, back. exactly. It's a lot of first. I, I think they should be building it to San Antonio, so they have to find ways to prolong it. It does seem tedious. I, I'm more willing to forgive them because they're in a weird situation where they have to drag this storyline out. Mm-hmm. And luckily, if someone Bray, someone like Bray Wyatt, and then the writer they hired, they, they're really good at mapping that story. So this is their way of like leaving breadcrumbs. That's their way of leaving breadcrumbs. You're hungry. I'm hungry too, but we're getting breadcrumbs from now. It's in, it's interesting because yeah. I, it's one of those wrestling things where you have to suspend your disbelief from time to time. Some of the time it's easier to do. Some of the time it's not. Yeah. Where if you said on this show. LA Knight's vanished. He's he's been abducted, whatever. Yeah. Then that's an answer that you can then lead into next week. But if you then say that next week, like nobody's seen LA Knight for the last week, it's like, is he dead? Did you file a police report? You well, know, wrestling, they would never do that. <laughs> they would never do that. You know, it's just one of those wrestling things. But I feel like you have to set that up this week. To Actually, lead, lead the 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 interest and everything into next week, and you don't have to do anything between now and then. But I feel like there has to be something. Like it, no one went into that room for the rest of the show, having seen what just happened. No one, no yeah. one wondered no. where he went. No, I guess so. But if 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 we're hypothesizing where the storyline is gonna go, hypothesize, hypothesize, That's a great word. Thank you. I was worried about butchering it because it's not a simple word to say out loud <laughs> more than once. Um, do you remember when they did like the whole Mick Foley investigating who ran over Stone Cold? Yeah. I'm thinking if uh, Ellie Knight has disappeared, they should do Adam Pierce <laughs> doing like a in-house investigation yeah, of a be missing. Because you have to remember, we're still early. Was it the 10th of December today? As we're, we're shooting this, they have to prolong this allegedly to the Royal Rumble. So if there were a great way to prolong the storyline is Ellie that has been kidnapped and Adam Pierce is trying to find out like when did you last see him what happened obviously no one suspects Bray but Bray's like saying it wasn't me yeah there's the mask there but I wasn't wearing it it would be great to add more to the storyline of Bray either not knowing he's got another alter ego or someone is framing him Mm -hmm. because that could be the bigger part of the storyline after LA night is like someone's framing him and it's not him could well do Mm. yeah you remember those like I think it was 2003 where Austin was the GM of Raw and he was like interrogating people yes and he was like he was behind the blinds and just like open them and looking around and that sort of thing. Yeah. I want something like that. Now, granted, there are not many people out there that are as charismatic and funny and witty as Stone Cold Steve Austin. No. So finding someone to play that part might be a little bit difficult. But I something that, like, something like that has that fun energy to it. Like Adam if Pierce it's kind of campy, kind of just fun. Adam Pierce can pull it off. Yeah. He can pull it off. If, if giving him the chance, he's not Austin level, but I feel like he could be able to pull it off. But who knows? We, we came up with a great storyline idea. It may not happen. It could <laughs> be next absolutely week. Yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, it could be like LNA comes in next week and is like, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's like, oh, he spooked me and I ran away. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Yeah. But yes, we then had uh, Kurt Angle shaking hands with Shinsuke Nakamura and talking to, to Chad Gable. We are, or Chad Gable, Jason Jordan, pardon me. 
Still love that uh, American Alpha team. Never got a fair shake. Oh, no. you know why it was? Wrong place, wrong time. Because when they were coming up, they were heating up the Usos. It was kind of like, mm -hmm. should we push, uh, you know, American Alpha or should we heat up the Usos? Heating up the Usos won over that. They broke their ankles. That, that, that's the spot they used to do. They should bring that back. Just I have never trampled. been so sad as when I went to Survivor Series 2016. I was mm. in the crowd and everything. And everyone's like really hot for that show. It's a very good crowd. And because we hadn't had a pay-per-view in Toronto in 10 years to that point. And they do the, the tag team elimination match, mm. like the 10 on 10 tag team match. And everybody's coming out. Everybody's getting their pops. American Alpha comes out. And I'm like, yeah, American Alpha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I the was damage. so sad. The damage. It wasn't NXT level of how they were over, right? It was just like that was like six months after Dallas, where they win those tag titles. Is great. It was anyway, the same. <laughs> anyway, it's a whole tangent. Uh, we then had the contract signing segment between Ricochet and Walter. So, this was an interesting piece of business. The New Day come out immediately, and they they come down to the ring, and they're like, "Yeah." We're going to just back up Ricochet because we've all seen wrestling and we know how contract signing works. And and they're they're going to jump our boy and then we're not going to have that. We're not going to stand for this. We're going to be in the ring and we're going to be ready for this impromptu trios match. And Adam Pierce is like, like we're, we're not doing that. And Xavier Woods is like, have you ever watched wrestling before? And he's like, oh, yeah. You're, you're right. I like that. I it like was, that. Very it was meta. Like, it's very meta. It was funny. I like There was a part of me that was just kind of like, boy, you sure didn't. You didn't put up much of a fight, did you, Adam? But I thought it was funny. I liked this. And then got to the part of the segment that really pissed me off. Ooh. Which was the like? crowd. Well, the crowd, up up until that point, they were really great, right? Yeah, I mean, we, much things were fine. Crowded. Things were fine on this show up until this point where on a different show, I think this Walter promo would have gotten a huge reaction. Because really? he cut a really good promo, I thought. It was... You know, the, the standard Walter shtick of saying, you guys are performers, we're professional wrestlers. Mm. We do not like how you disrespect our ring, our sacred mat, all this sort of thing. I thought he cut it with great intensity, but the crowd aren't listening. They're just, what, what, what? Let the goddamn what chant die. It'll like, never die. It'll never die, mm -mm. but... I'm sitting there going like, you know, you guys are kind of missing out on a really good performance right now just because you're popping yourselves. Yeah. And it's like, you spend your money, do what you want. But as a, as a viewer of this show, mm -hmm. noise the hell out of me because I'm sitting there mm. going like, you've paid to watch this performance. Watch it. It's good. No, we want to pop us. No, we want to want the show to be I want to be over. The yeah. worst chant in wrestling history. What? <sighs> but anyway, New Day turned this into a dick joke because they say that, like, haha, you, you, you're not performers. R you Ricochet have trouble actually, performing. It was Ricochet actually who actually led the, the, the joke. He was yeah. like, you guys can't perform. Imperium can't perform. Imperium can't perform. So, highbrow humor. Uh, but it was fine. Ricochet then cut a good promo himself, I thought, being like, you know, he's had a lot of fire talking about how he's going to take that title back from Walter, made that match feel like a big deal. And then things break down. They both stand up. Walter's just like, who do you think you are? And then toss the, toss with the table. With ease, with ease. Yeah, he just, just went, shoo. He should have his own removal company. Yeah. All right, there, there's a, there's some there's a merch idea for you, Walter. Get that shirt on PWT. But we toss that out of the ring. Adam Pierce is like, "Get a referee out here. We're gonna clear the the furniture. We're gonna have this match. It's been official." He leaves. They they have a little brawl, and then they set up the actual match. And I thought the match itself was very good. This was mm. another one of the highlights of the show. It was a lot of fun in this tag match. Not anything groundbreaking or anything, but they got really good heat on Kofi Kingston. They chopped him. They threw him over the announce table. It was a good spot. It was like a real good heel standing tall as they go to commercial type thing. He then fights to get the hot tag. Walter and Ricochet then have their standoff. There were lots of chops. Ricochet then got to be the featured performer of the match. Yeah. They beat them down. Michael Cole is still calling the daybreak the midnight hour. So I'm just 
I, I don't want to bring this up on every it's, it's show. It's been retcon, maybe. It, maybe it has been retcon. Maybe this just is the midnight hour, and the other one doesn't exist anymore. Maybe yeah, unless, a, until Biggie comes back. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this was one of them uh, the Mandela effect things. Like this Ooh. was the the midnight the hour the whole time. time. That's the twist. Yeah. So they they went for the the midnight hour, quote unquote. They went. Uh, Imperium goes for them for their Imperium bomb. Ricochet manages to. Break things up. Kofi hits the trouble in paradise, sets up the shooting star press for the win. Afterwards, you get a nice shot of Walter and Ricochet kind of going eye to eye and being like, oh, next week, you and me, you and me. I think that match is going to be bloody brilliant. It's going to be one of those uh, performances that make people say Ricochet needs to be pushed more. That's what I want because he's not going to win. We know he's not going to win. Yeah. But I would love so much if that is like your big underdog, comes real close, has an amazing match, star solidifying performances. Because like you can get over in defeat, one of those matches. They've, they've, wrestled, they've wrestled before, so I feel like this is a great opportunity for them to go for that five-star match. Yeah. To go for that emotion, to go for like systematically breaking that ricochet, and ricochet still won't go down. That like his body has to physically give out for him to lose. But also, I want to say, uh, New Day, they did a nice tribute to Jason David Frank, who played mm-hmm. Tommy from Power Yeah, Rangers. they were dressed up as Power Rangers, yeah. yeah. So I'll be remiss if I didn't mention it. Like, yeah. uh, I like the tribute that they paid. But yeah, Gunter, I'm hoping, again, the man to break Hulk. Honky Tonk Man's Intercontinental title reign is Gunter. Gunter's got history of having historic long reign. Let this continue. Triple H, this is Triple H's guy. He's in the best shape he's ever been. You reward him by erasing that fake Elvis Presley wannabe's title reign. That's a besmirchment on the title. Wouldn't it be funny if the New Day brought up the, the honkometer? Why not? They're the only ones to do it. Yeah, just like... They just put it on the screen. Yeah, like haha, look at this performance, look at this nonsense. And Walter's like, no, get rid of that. I, you know, in 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 fact, I wouldn't mind if the next people you feud is Xavier Woods, and then Kofi Kingston, and if Biggie was well, Biggie and Gunter slapping each other's meat, because you know, like Biggie got all that meat to chop as well, mm-hmm. chopping it down. Boop, 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 boop. Indeed, you said it better than I could. Yeah, I thought this match was good. I would very much like their match next week to be like one of the matches of the year for WWE. I don't think, I I can't remember very many Ricochet matches on the main roster being like mind-blowing. Like he's had good matches, don't get me wrong. But like, yeah, I want this to be like, oh, there's the ricochet that I remember from, you know, he needs, New he, Japan and he needs PWG a, and whatever. He needs a, sign- a, sign- a signature match on the main roster. Yes, I feel. And I mean, who better to have it with than Walter? Absolutely. So all that was good stuff. And then we got the Bloodline segment backstage. This is fun stuff because they're about to head off to eat, probably go to Waffle House. One person is not as oozy as the others, we will say. And that's uh, Solo Sokoa, of course. He is in on something. He's got to be. He's always been the stoic one among them. But since Survivor Series, since Survivor Series the, the, there's, a, there's a change happening. And it might be coming soon. Because Jimmy and Solo go off. Jay holds Sammy back. And I'm like, okay, now we're getting the real, the real segment's about to start. Mm-hmm. And Jay's like, Sammy, you should uh, trim up a little bit. You know, get a get a haircut, trim the beard, get number three, because Roman's gonna be here next week. This could be a big night for you. And Sammy's like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. At first, he's like, I trim, trim, trim my hair. Mm. I was like, yeah. But why? He's like, it could be a big night for you. You want to look your best. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to kill him. This is when it's going to happen. When he's feeling at his best, when he's smiling and expecting something nice, they're going to chop his head off. It's kind of like Goodfellas. He's going to get Joe Pecci. Yeah, he's going to get eaten. He's going to be a made man, right? But part of me is thinking when um, Jay Uso said, get a haircut, I said in the office, I think what if Sammy gets the Jay Uso solo Sokoa haircut where it's off the side a little bit of like the the mullet kind of Mohican kind of thing they've been going with. I think he's going to do that because that'll that'll get a pop. He's like, hey, I'm very Uso and they get like this proper little fade and everything and trimming his beard. I'm going to be watching Smackdown, like clutching my pearls next week. I don't think anything's gonna happen. I, I think, don't know. I don't know. I don't think it. I don't think it's it might happen. be a little soon. Yeah, I don't but think it will. 
every segment with Roman and Sammy now, I will just be like, oh, yeah. God, it's going to happen. This is my theory. Love this story, by the way. When Roman Reigns said, I saw all I needed to know. And then Jay miraculously was like, yeah, I'm cool as well. I think Roman Reigns, do you have to understand this? Sami Zayn turned on Kevin Owens. Who's Kevin Owens to Sami Zayn? His best friend, his family, right? Let me ask you a question. If you had a group and this guy who wants to be in your group turns on his best friend, who's like his family, that's his family. That's his best friend. Turn on him easily. What does that say about him? Mm -hmm. He will turn on me. I'm universal champion. You have to remember, Roman Reigns is paranoid. That's why he is. He's a sociopathic, manipulative, paranoid individual. So in his mind, he wants the titles. He's infiltrating my group. Jay's right. He's a liar. He's an opportunist. He's a conspiracy theorist. That's what Sami Zayn is. Sami Zayn is using Roman Reigns. So Roman's mind is like, he wouldn't want to hang out with me if I wasn't champion. I didn't have this nice locker room. I didn't have Paul Heyman. I didn't have a group. You have to remember what he has that attracts Sami. So in his mind, I think Roman Reigns sees Sami Zayn as a shallow individual who's just following power. And he would stab his friend in the back because Roman's about blood. He's about family. It's about family. And you, he had to show him an example. I think Roman would have respected him more if he backed his family. Mm. But he didn't. So he's like, he oh. if he would turn on Kevin, that means he would turn on Jay because he lied about Jay already. So he, in Roman's mind, he went to Solo. Solo, this guy's no good. We're going to get him. So the thing with Solo is he doesn't want to play around because I think Jay knows. Yeah. Jay's happy. Jay's like, oh, we're going to snuff him. We're yeah. snuffing. And Jimmy's like, all right, we're going to snuff him. I guess before you have to, yeah, we're going to snuff him. But Solo is refusing to play along. So that's why Solo is off in the corner. Because I feel like it will build to, to Sammy noticing that Solo's not really there. But I think Solo knows that he's the one to take him out. He's but the he, one with the loaded gun. Yes. But he doesn't want to play because Solo's personality is not to be he, yeah. he, he, he. He's very much is like... No nonsense. He says, I'm going to... Get oh, I you. Love it. I love it. I don't think you're wrong at all. Like Roman's playing 4D chess with all this. I have no doubt. It's That's just like, how yeah. they're gonna get there it's, and when. It's because he betrayed his family. Because yeah. that low blow, it goes. I saw everything I needed to see, which was when he like like when he when he admitted it because he knew he he was back in the corner. He had to admit it. But the way he betrayed Kevin Owens, that says a lot. He's like, that's his best friend. Mm -hmm. He wants to be part of our family. He could betray us quite easily just to get a title, or whatever. So that says a lot about Sammy's character in the bloodline's mind. So we will see next week. A lot of stuff happening. John Cena's going to come back to SmackDown in a few weeks. Forgot to mention that. Neat. I wonder if he'll be back and this is something to start for the Royal Rumble or if this is just one of them coming back deals that like The Rock would do. It's like, I'm just going to be on Raw this week. He's going to be on, he's gonna be on SmackDown and just pump his trainers and do the five knuckle shuffle and mm -hmm. cut a uh, rap. <laughs> sure. And go, ah! Haha. -ha. Uh, and then we had Karrion Cross backstage with Rey Mysterio in the trainer's room. This made me laugh. This was a description. This is funny. This was an interesting little segment because Karrion Cross comes in and Ray's like, whoa. And Karen's like, it's not like that, Ray. Just calm down, calm down. I'm having a chat here. He pulls out of a chair and he's just like, uh, you know, Dominic has uh, turned on you and you know, stabbed you in the back. It must feel feel like hell. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, it does. Mm. And he's just like, you know, Ray. Scarlet's from Romania. They had a horse on their farm. And okay. it was like a thoroughbred horse. And at one point, the horse couldn't run as fast anymore. And then they still wanted that horse, so they turned it into a workhorse. And they had it pulling a cart and all that. And then, couldn't do that either. It was old and broken down. He had that look in his eyes, that sad look when it just had to be put down. And he's very much implying that it's time for Rey Mysterio to be put out to pasture. And you get two security guys come in, and they're like, is there a problem here? And Karen Cross says, no. Look at the time, Ray. TikTok walks out. I liked this. I liked it. I like I like the security more. In what universe are security guards intimidating? For the longest time, the security has been like Keystone Cops. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like human bowling balls. You just knock them over. Heck, Wardler recently feuded with a bunch of security <laughs> guards. But you had two guys coming in. Do we have a problem? They had a chest puffed down. I was like, whoa, security guards. Usually you're just inadequate. Yeah. They, yeah. And then Karen Cross like, yeah, I'm going to... 
leave because I don't want to get my hands dirty. But it just it made me laugh that security guards are actually effective yeah. for once. For once. What, what world are we in? Wrestling tropes has always been security guards are numpties. But in this situation, they helped Ray. Yeah, go with him. Yeah, I don't know how this match is going to be, but I liked the quieter, like, reserved speaking style of Karrion Cross here. Yeah. It gave me kind of like, uh, like Jake Roberts vibes mm. almost. Just that, like, I don't have to shout. I don't have to do all this spookiness. I just need to talk to you and let you know that it's time that they, sort of thing they, they i like figure, that they, it's different he's he's like a work in progress you can you can tell yeah, you're trying to, you're trying trying to figure new things, out yeah. you're trying to see what what works for him because i very much am a fan i'm a fan of the idea of carrying cross mm-hmm. so i feel like the idea has potential it just needs to hit on selling this because i think the guy himself i heard him in interviews i've watched him before wwe he's got potential he's very intelligent and smart it's just that he happens to be in a wwe where you got bray wyatt and then you got judgment day it's kind of like sometimes you kind of get lost in the shuffle of mm-hmm. of something that you're like they're not same characters but even like people mention house of black situation you know what i mean it's like yeah you, it's like the, the people see a more interesting version of like dark characters than yeah. why he's bringing to the table so i feel like he's now peeling back the darkness and more the psychological edge because mm-hmm. that's something that's not really been shown much it's like okay everyone's being spooky i need to be more of a Jake Roberts, trust me, kind of yeah. heel. And then I, I don't mind it. He's got room to improve. I, there's room for everyone. I love variety because we've had the same thing all the time. We'd be boring. But um, yeah, he needs something to connect with the crowd. Mm-hmm. He needs to boo him because he's a heel. He needs to be, get that heat. We need a heat. What will heat him up? Scarlet's not the only reason to heat. <laughs> Give us something more. I mean, feuding with Rey Mysterio will probably do that because who doesn't love Rey Mysterio? And right. then we got... The next bit and the final bit that we have to talk about on this show, which was Tegan Knox and Liv Morgan. Ooh, Tegan Knox now got the video package to hype her return and talked about her career and signing with WWE, which tearing her ACL mm. and then tearing her ACL again and then being betrayed by Dakota Kai and everything. It was a very good little video promo. Very much what we said we wanted last week. So, Pops, you know. Mm. Good, good, good Except job. Except they omitted the part when she was in the tag team with Shotzi. That part got... We don't need to talk about it. We don't need to talk nope, about it. Nope. This is her main roster debut. That never happened. Forget about it. What you're is saying is well, like, if we're going to debut her, align her with one of the bigger stars, right? Yeah. Mm. Mm. But yes, this then led into the tag team match between Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler against Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox. Again, it was like, it was fine. It wasn't much of a match. It was more so to get over... The, the the directions that they're trying to go here, the road which to is fine. Road Again, road, yeah. telling the story through the matches is fine, but I like it when there's a little bit more of a match. Mm-hmm. Fine. We got um, uh, the Liv Morgan gets uh, gets gets to get some. Just, God, I'm tired. Tegan Knox gets the shine mm-hmm. on Shayna, yeah, and then uh, uh, Ronda tags in, gets the heat. Liv Morgan gets a hot tag, and then they're going back and forth, and then Shayna's in the ring. Raquel. Raquel comes out, distracts Rhonda. Then everybody's like, you're not clear to compete. Get out of here. And she's like, ah, let me at her. Let me at her. You broke Shotzi's hand, my best friend. I don't of know. Two, of what, of, of yeah. one, one or two Whatever. months. Whatever. I don't, I don't care. I'm not, not rehashing this whole thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Somewhere in here, Lacey Evans is still in boot camp. I don't care. Um, oh, yeah. Lacey Evans 3.0 is coming. Not, there was a promo card. She's training. I don't care. She's coming, guys. 3.0. Yes. You nasties. She's coming. You. They should go Sergeant Slaughter to do it. You maggot. You scum. You puke. They should get Sergeant Slaughter to do it. That would get me excited. Lacey's coming, guys. 3.0. Oh, yeah. Another gimmick change. She might dominate the women's rumble, maybe. <laughs> No, I, I refuse. She's coming, guys. No. You thought she was gone? No, 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 no. Lacey refuses to be put down, guys. <laughs> America. <laughs> I, I dislike this bit. I, dis- I wrote one line about Lacey Evans in my notes. Uh, and yes, back to the tag match at hand, though. Raquel comes out, distracts Ronda Rousey, and then Tegan Knox hits the shiniest wizard on Shayna Baszler and gets the win. I don't really know what to make of Shayna Baszler at this point because she kind of like will beat Emma one week and then lose 
the week prior, lose this week. It's very stop start. I've kind of given up hope that that's the plan for WrestleMania. I don't I really. Never thought that was the plan. I thought so. Like during the summer when they were hyping up the the Shayna Liv Morgan match at Clash at the Castle, I thought that was what we were going for. That eventually you'd get Ronda and Shayna at WrestleMania, and I still think that's the best fit of a match. But it doesn't mm. seem like that's the direction they're going anymore. So, with that being said. I don't really, I don't really care that much that they beat her. I wouldn't be beating Shayna Baszler, no, but I'm if they were trying you, to set yeah. up Liv and Tegan to go for the women's tag titles, which got, you gotta, which got announced for next week. We, yeah. yeah, you got to have them win matches as a team. I would probably have them win more than one match to get a title shot, but that's yeah. Fair. There are no other it, it, it teams in this it division. Was, it was quick. It was where Zaya pick someone. Wait, wait, there's no more women in the backstage. Yeah, they're uh, all injured oh, now. Gosh. So Zaya and. The, Lacey, stop the boot camp. Come back quickly. <laughs> no. No. There's only a few teams. It's fine. They're setting up a match with damage control. Mm. You got to set that up. That's fine. It just, it's the women's tag division. I, the I women's SmackDown thought. division is, is bleh. You know, I'm not, not really into it. So I never thought it's a lousy that. way to kind of end the, end the review portion because we then just had the, the Kurt Angle stuff we've already talked about. But, but I never thought Shayna was going to... Okay, the only way I would have seen Shayna versus Rondo was like by omission where if Becky was still injured or if Charlotte wasn't back, then you have Shayna versus Rondo because I do believe that Becky and Ronda is going to be... Uh, sorry, Becky and... And, Shay, and yeah, Becky and Ronda is going to be the match and it's going to be Charlotte Flair versus uh, Bianca Belair because Bianca Belair faced two horsewomen at mm -hmm. WrestleMania. And this will be another horsewoman to add to the cattle because she's already beaten Bailey recently. So she's ready. So if you think about it, in the last couple of years, she's beaten three horsewomen except for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think you're wrong about any of that. I'm, I'm on board. Uh, but that brings our SmackDown review portion of this show to the end. Uh, we don't have as much time to talk about this as I would like, but... Oh. Boy, did we pick a bad time to uh, stop watching Rampage because this week's Rampage was better than SmackDown. Holy hell. Watch John Moxley and Kanosuke Takeshita. That's really all I've got to say about that. That Takeshita boy is... Uh, he's good. He's a real good wrestle. He's incredible. Every every company in the world should want one of him on his on their roster. But there's only one Kanosuke Takeshita. He is a good cinnamon lad. And he's all elite. He is all elite, thank God, and he's being scouted by Don Callis, which means Kanosuke Takeshita versus Kenny Omega when. Uh, before we get out of here, though, yes, sir. we have shout-outs for our lovely Patreons, our pledge hammers. So, if you want to go over to uh, patreon.com forward slash Russell talk you can subscribe at the $25 and above tier where you can get your very own custom wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this so I don't know if the Hall of Fame music is going to play because it's uh, a pre-recorded show but we're gonna try I press the button anyway so shout out to the Baker Adam Cakebread I'm gonna yeah. do this one the machine gun Alex Anderson Doo -doo 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 -doo. yeah the Shrock Master, Austin Shrock. Yeah. Shawn Michaels' biggest fan, Brett Guy. Yeah. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Yeah. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Yeah. No Fozzie Required, Chris Myers. Yeah. All-Star, Chuck. Chuck Turner. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Mays. I butchered your name. Of all the names <laughs> I could get wrong. Dr. Hook, Nolan Evans. Yeah. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. Yeah. Gabriel Lanas is the best. Lanas number one. Yeah. Always shining, Garrett Albright. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much to all of our wonderful pledge hammers over at patreon.com forward slash Russell Talk. Also, 
Keep in mind, you can go over to Parts Fun Known right now and check out episode two of Survival Series, where the fine lads in the office try to name every single WWE Raw Women's Champion in reverse chronological order. And if you subscribe at patreon.com forward slash Russell Talk at the $10 tier, so no nickname, but you will get access to the full uncut version of that show where you can watch every single answer from every single person and you can find out exactly which answers made our contestants squirm the most. Ooh. It's it's a good time. Ooh la la. It's a very good time. Some of them don't do very well and then others do quite well. It's a very good time. I'm very happy with this show. Make sure that you sub- support it. Subscribe to this show. Subscribe to Wrestle Talk Podcast, the Wrestle Talk main channel. Subscribe to Parts Fun Known. Go watch Cineworld What's On. Make sure that you do all the good things. Good lucha things. Then give it a thumbs up. Subscribe. Enable notifications. We're going to have end of year content coming soon. Our best pay-per-views. Best wrestlers. Best matches. Worst matches. What? Worst pay-per-views. What? That one was really hard to come up with because yeah. there's a lot of good pay-per-views this year. But make sure that you're subscribed to all the things because we'll be back with more SmackDown just next week. Jam yeah. that jam. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye, Dad. Bye, Dad. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.